Hey, this is Mohani Love from Let's Talk About It. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Welcome to Mohani Loves Podcast. Let's talk about it. Well, guys, today I'm Sharon Rolfe. When Sharon retired from Boeing in 2016, she put her skills as a behavioral scientist to work as a retirement essence coach. That's also when she was bouncing off the walls trying to figure out if each day was productive. She formed her essence statement and that rescued and helped her live every day from her inner spark. Sharon has created 53 retirement podcasts, started a boomers meetup group, and presented what do I want to do in retirement workshops at senior centers. She focused now on empowering everyone to gloriously succeed and win satisfaction and triumph in retirement without a title team a task. Boomers need to find a new place to fit into matter and make a difference. The Sharon Rolf, let's talk about it. <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about it. Good job, honey. Thank you. Well, what I want to ask you, because I was speaking to you earlier about how when it comes to seniors, there aren't enough advocates. At least I'm in New York. I'm basing it on New York, like people Mm -hmm. to actually advocate for them and Mm -hmm. enough Mm -hmm. programs that doesn't feel like a, 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 a daycare center for seniors. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, in fact, I interviewed one of, one of my podcasts was on a lady who I'm in the Seattle area and uh, a lady did a documentary on a senior center here that actually intentionally built into their senior center, um, a, uh, kids, um, um, daycare center also for for preschoolers and they she was documenting the interaction between preschoolers and the elderly and how they were kind of learning together it was rather amazing and the question i asked her about what did she learn about that process and she said they are both being in the present there's no yeah there's no history for the preschoolers and for the older people um you know all that they've lived through doesn't matter anymore (laughs) you know what that's very i believe that that would be a a conducive way to keep the seniors young at heart right yeah yeah and the children will learn it would be really great if preschoolers can literally spend like if it's written into the curriculum all over the world that they have to spend these time with seniors right they can only learn great things 
Well, yeah, they they play together, they sing together, they dance together. It's rather amazing. A couple, in fact, another lady who her husband had gotten dementia, so she had to leave her. Um, I think it was actually her own business, but she uh, took to being at home, and she found that her her grandson and her husband played together wonderfully well. And it caused her to go back to modifying the business that she had been in, which was also um, daycare kind of centers, and um, had a had a new approach to to that. So I know when I um, talked to her, uh, no, it's actually written in another book. Um, the book is called uh, How to Live Forever by Mark Friedman, and he tells a story of people from Singapore coming to. Uh, Seattle here to watch and learn from that whole uh, process of having the the various generations um, in the same building. Wow. That yeah. Seems, that seems really nice. Like really good. It's healthy. Yeah. 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 And even it showed a couple pictures in her documentary of how uh, even if somebody you know was sick or having to go to the hospital or died, they mm-hmm. just. To help the kids understand that this is part of life. You know, plants die and animals die and humans die too, and that's that's natural part of the life cycle. And the kids will learn how to respect. I think it has a lot. You know, it will teach the kids to respect yeah. their their elders and people over them. Their their experience. You you know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let me ask you what was your inspiration to step into the field that you've stepped into or to become the queen of courage? (laughs) Well, um, the queen of courage kind of came about because I signed up to a class called Pitch Like a Pro. And the instructor asked us, every one of us um, individually, you know, what what are you known for? And I thought, well, I just wrote this book on fresh courage. And um, I guess I'm the queen of courage. And, you know, it kind of stuck. But that was kind of part part of the story, Mahani, is that I went, when I went through coaching school, um, the first day I, I actually shared a story about I had written the night before um, to my one of my best friends that I was going to wear a hat to her birthday party that was the following weekend and I kind of was surprised at her response it's like well it'd just be probably you and my sister (laughs) (laughs) and um it actually there were three or four of us that were (laughs) but um it's my instructors in coaching school said well why don't you bring in that tomorrow we'd like to see it well it's a Kate Middleton type of Fantasia hat and um, I didn't bring in just one hat. I brought in five or six hats. <laughs> Every time there's a break, I'd put on a new hat for a few minutes. And um, it later kind of became a symbol of my transformation. And Beautiful. yeah, so I had felt all my life as invisible. And people in retirement do feel invisible, but hey, it came naturally. I was in the middle of five, and middle mm-hmm. children often have that feeling. But <laughs> I, I hadn't. Um, I was different in my family too, in that I was the only one that went to college. So um, 
you know, and, and there had been abuse in our home and and not rocking the boat and and being invisible was actually kind of a good thing. You know, I get good grades, so you know, I didn't get that unfavorable attention. And so um I I uh when I when I started talking on podcasts more, I I use that feeling that going from feeling invisible to becoming the queen of courage. And I have just felt well in in the podcast I did, I I must have asked six or eight people about being a guest and mm-hmm. talking about courage. And I was shocked at how many people, how far I had to look for somebody willing to talk about courage for an hour and the gentleman I found was a 86 year old um pastor with a doctorate and Ooh. so he he told quite a few stories about his own life and people he knew of how um and I've come to realize courage is is kind of a spiritual word um it you know is kind of based on hope but it also has a lot to do with having a backbone and gumption enough to to take some risk and it seems like so much of life is oh be safe be careful what watch out <laughs> <laughs> because that that was the old life that's how it was you have to yeah. think about it you had to be careful yeah and all the the insurances for all kinds of preposterous reasons mhm yes yes <laughs> you know for flying and for your you know pets and all this stuff and um that's the thing that's different about my book fresh courage in retirement is i state very clearly that i refuse to live my life based on fear yeah and that that might isolate some of my audience why do you think so <laughs> Ah, why do you know so? The culture is so fear based that um I I I either will give them a lot of I wonder if it's possible thoughts to live without fear and move, you know, towards the courage or it may just be so over their head that they're, you know, glassy-eyed and yeah, that's nice for somebody else. <laughs> Do you think television has a lot to do with it? Watching the news, watching the crime, listening to what's going on, COVID, you know, yeah. I think what's going on. Yeah, it's guilty of all of that. Yeah. So yeah, you have I don't... to find your inner your inner person. <laughs> well, yeah, that that um inner um uh, what was the compass, the compass inside your which is what uh, your essence kind of is. and nobody really teaches people how to know what their essence is and i know the first um elective book i read in coaching school was one called the joy diet hmm. and i've been wanting to be on diets a lot in my life but the joy diet is written by martha beck and she the very first um chapter is on nothing and she says take uh 10 or 15 minutes a day and do nothing hmm. and what turns out is when you listen carefully 
there's an inner voice that will talk to you. Mm-hmm. The voice of your dreams, the voice of what, um, you know, wisdom that either, you know, aunts or uncles have told you over the years. Uh, let me also mention that fresh courage term came from a Hallmark movie. And they said, yeah, oftentimes when you go home from vacation, you go home with fresh courage. Mm. It makes sense. Yeah. And so um, uh, the fresh courage is kind of about listening to that inner voice and the whole, that inner spark that's there that we have gotten so much distraction with TV and radio and Netflix and all that. Who listens and looks for the gold inside of themselves? Not many, not many. Mm -mm. And that's not an age thing. That's not a senior thing. That's just a thing. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And the younger you start without listening, the older you will be trying to listen. And it's so hard (laughs) because you, you didn't start. I have a question. How that this is amazing to me, right? Because mm-hmm. I only have one. I have one. You have 53. How did you create 53 retirement podcast? <laughs> um, I um I, I I did two or three where I just talk about myself and why this is gonna be important to you or or valuable. And then um, I started looking around. Um, one of my first guests was so inspiring to me. And um, somebody at my meetup group told me about having heard her speak. And her name is Joyce Major. And she uh, wrote a book, Smiling at the World. And it's uh, a result of her doing a community service project for a year in 12 different countries. She had decided she needed to expand her heart. She'd been in real estate for about 14 years and there was just something in her spirit that says, I've got to, you know, see what else is out there, I guess. And um, I even talked about with her about the courage to do that. And her book starts out the first two, three chapters talking about how she was second guessing herself and who do you think you are (laughs) and what if you know what if uh, you get sick or what if you run out of money or whatever well she carefully planned it for like two years and the same time she started her trip her two sons were getting out of college so um, they were on their own now and she wound up feeding baby lions she wound up riding elephants. <laughs> she wound up um, singing um, a Beatles song to a class of young people in college in China who were trying to learn English. And uh, the favorite story uh, she wrote about was um, being in a baboon sanctuary and um, they were they take the baboons down to a pond, I guess, every day and and one of the leaders came up behind her, a baboon, and put his arm around her shoulder. <gasps> it scared her because they're strong animals. And that she said, you know, the memory of looking down at his black hand on my arm was just 
so precious to her and she she's sitting next to the supervisor and she says what do i do and she says are you is he hurting you no well just just be calm just you know accept it and it was like a um, serendipitous moment of a, a gift to her that wow. was so yeah yeah so all you know that those kinds of guests in my podcast were um were inspiring and i um would ask various people who do you know and a couple of them were from doctors and um the last one i did was with a, a good friend of mine uh from texas and um she talked on fulfillment and that's a, a, a deep word too isn't it um yes, it, it, fulfillment and, yeah and yet she she has such a calm presence about her such wisdom and uh depth to the words that she says so i've i've um i guess what kind of gave me the the courage to to go in with the podcast is is um i've always loved wisdom and uh felt like there was a certain amount of my wisdom i could share with the world and you know we did one on with a nurse friend of mine that um talked on self-care and oftentimes when we're retired you know nobody really tells us that we're the boss now mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm the boss of my calendar i'm the boss of when i get out of bed i'm the boss of when i leave the house you know there's nobody pulling on us for a schedule so we have to remember to do the um anniversaries and birthdays of family we have to remember to do our eye care and ear hearing care and and um doctor wellness visits and stuff like that so mm-hmm. but the thing that um that kind of goes over our head a little bit is that we often have I have to decide how we're going to be social now because the isolation kind of leads to the depression depression kind of leads to dying and then you know, sitting around you're not using your limbs and then you well yeah and um before i left boeing uh, somebody told me that the myth was that uh, after after you retire you're dead within 3 years and that just stabbed my heart what yeah. Well, yeah, if you become a couch potato, uh, <laughs> you're actually kind of dying. It takes you 3 years to die. <laughs> okay. And I uh. I I've always had a hot button for potential and when there's 50 trillion hours of free time that that retirees could be doing some good for the world, um let's engage that um that the retirees with possibilities how could you matter and make a difference in somebody else's life in your community you know in um one of my guests was uh started going down to the capital of the state and uh listening to some of the debates and all that and then he became an advocate for um hospice i think or something like that kind of speaking up for people who who couldn't speak for themselves and it gave him a new reason yeah for life it's to find that thing i call it the <laughs> it thing or and not to get lost 
you know, um, because then what happens is the kids are living their lives. Your grandkids are out living their lives. Uh-huh. And then just you. But it was something you said really funny. So we talked about your beautiful face and that beautiful glow. And you <laughs> said the smoothies. Let's talk about that. Those green smoothies. Say that again. Talk Remember about the, the green smoothies. We talked about the. Oh, green oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I I was on a green uh, smoothie. It's called Wild Fit Diet, where um, your main meal, breakfast and lunch, kind of basically was a green smoothie, and um, it actually. I I remember being at church, and um, we we always have a grub club after the church service and somebody turned around and looked at me and in the way she looked at me I could tell she saw that I looked different and my mm-hmm. my skin actually looked more like a baby skin when you get all the toxins out of your body it changes your complexion I believe that yeah, so I I still try to have a green smoothie um, two three times a week, and I'm getting really adamant in my mind to plan on having something green every day. But I've also taken um, supplements um, for probably 20 years, um, uh, something called a green source. So I knew I wasn't good over the years of eating my vegetables. I prefer cookies. <laughs> Uh, but, but let me ask you this. So what does your green, what's in your green smoothie? Okay. You know, celery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cucumber, avocado, and kale. Uh, kale. Ab- avocado. Well, I always use spinach, but you could oh, use kale too. Better. Green yeah. apple. Green apple. Well, they start you out with a green apple for a couple weeks and then want you to wean off of the green apple because it's sugary that you don't need. And that's, that's the other, well, okay, good. Wild Fit really taught me to pay attention to how does food make you feel? Who who has that kind of question, you know? So he had us doing no changes for the first two weeks. And then he started us with the apple and the green smoothie. And then, um, and and starting to watch all the labels and um sugars just in practically everything you know i i buy a peanut butter that's not got sugar in it and um uh i'm getting myself off of the gluten and even last night while i was trying to sleep my legs kept kind of hurting i thought okay sharon you had gluten today Mm -hmm. wow making my legs hurt yeah. Your body's responding because you cleaned it out. So now you know the signs when there's a no-no somewhere. Yes. yes. And his name is Eric, is it? Eric um, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I looked it up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And um, you'll find, um, uh, I don't know that he has a lot of before and after. You know, most people when they're on diets, you want to side profile as how, how thin they're looking. But I, I kind of missed out part of a, a guy that was telling towards the end of the program that he was telling Eric that he basically saved my life. And um, he was a, uh, I would say probably somebody between uh, 50 and 60. And I think he was in a wheelchair. And, and I, in fact, I remember you know, some of the calls he would 
he would ask a few questions that were just kind of pathetic of how his his um, medicine and what things were wrong with him. Well, when you cl- clean out all that toxins from your body, you get a new lease on life. Wow. And what about seniors who take medicine? Like, you know, some medicine may say eat food with this medicine. Well, yeah, I I have started really cutting back on, you know, like I, I have a nut bar from Costco that I really like. But um, Sharon, you don't have to eat the whole bar <laughs> at once. <laughs> you know? So I, I kind of take a, a bite out of it. I can convert it into three, four little snacks. So I've been cutting down the size of my snacks and um, how often I snack, because um, that seems to be part of life. I haven't gotten rid of the snacks yet, but- We um, all do that. Yeah. Well, it's amazing and kind of pathetic that Lay's potato chips started to teach, <laughs> they had to teach us to snack. Other countries don't. 